Back to my burns. This is burn lecture number nine, frostbite injury, baby, it's cold outside. So one of the best parts to living in Colorado is that we have generally beautiful weather, but it definitely can get cold and people here love their outdoors. So this is an injury that we see quite frequently, especially in the winter type months, any kind of cold injury. So we're gonna start with a little bit of a clinical case. I had a patient that EMS reported was found down and cold, that's all we got, and hypoglycemic coming into the ER. So when this gentleman came in, he was definitely cold and he was confused. His core temp was, I think, 29.5 degrees Celsius. And so we started to warm him externally and get more of his history. And then I looked at his hands and feet and noticed that his hands and feet were very cold to the touch. They were white in color with multiple excoriations. And luckily, we had a high suspicion for a frostbite type injury as well as hypothermia. And then with more history, we found that the patient had been in the snow for a significant amount of time without gloves or shoes on. And we were able to treat him appropriately for all that was going on. But the point to that story is that if you have a patient that had any kind of exposure to the elements, so this is not your little old lady that got cold inside her apartment, but anybody that was exposed to any kind of environmental injury, make sure that you're evaluating the extremities, the nose tip for any kind of frostbite. Of note, if one person in any kind of outdoor party has frostbite, you need to make sure that all of the people in that party were evaluated. How are you going to recognize frostbite? So early recognition is key to this. And each person's going to have a little bit different symptoms. Paresthesias are very common. This can move to actual numbness. Uh, the tissue can be lighter in color. This may be difficult to evaluate depending on kind of their skin tone. Once you've evaluated that they do have a risk for a cold or frostbite type injury, you want to make sure to remove all of their jewelry because they can get significant swelling after the fact. You also want to get a core temperature. So this may not be their extremities alone. This may be a true hypothermic issue systemically, and you need to make sure that you evaluate a core temp. So I do not want that temp probe head thermometer thing. Need a real oral, or if you can't get one of those, a bladder or rectal temperature, but this needs to be a core temperature. Part of the history for these people, some key elements are going to be how long were they exposed? Did they get warm at any point? So if you have a person that maybe they are homeless or staying in a shelter and they're getting frostbite injury during the day and then going in and getting a partial rewarm and then refreeze when they go out during the day, that's going to actually change the management. So it's very important to kind of see how long has this been going on? Have they undergone any freeze-thaw cycles? What kind of treatment have they been exposed to? And luckily at our institution, this actually beats burn activation or alert criteria and these protocols are all posted on our website and they're in Epic. But having a low threshold to get burns involved if you're in the emergency department or having a low threshold to evaluate for any kind of cold injury to the extremities is important. So if you are cold, we want to rewarm you. And 
We're going to talk about the extremities first, less the systemic rewarming. But if you have a patient that has not undergone any freeze-thaw cycles that is less than 24 hours from their injury, you want to rapidly rewarm them. And the best way to do this is warm water bath. You don't want the extremity touching the sides. You kind of have to suspend whatever extremity or area that you're concerned about in the water, and it's 37 to 39 degrees Celsius. It can be very, very painful as these patients rewarm. So you want to make sure that they're giving appropriate analgesia. NSAIDs are very helpful in decreasing inflammation, but you may need some opiates depending on the level of pain. If there is a trauma history, you want to make sure that you evaluate for potential traumatic injury. If they meet any indications for a CT scan or a plain film of the extremity, because if this active external type rewarming of the extremity in the water bath doesn't work, they may need TPA, which you don't want to give if they have had a serious traumatic injury. So again, considering do they need any kind of advanced imaging if we're going to give some systemic or intraarterial TPA. No tetanus is needed unless it's indicated for another reason. These wounds are very unlikely to get tetanus, so you don't have to perseverate on that. A couple other things that have been tried, and just so that you know, there's some data out there for intraarterial TPA. This is the preferred method here at the University of Colorado Burns Center. If they've had no freeze-thaw cycles, if the injury is less than 24 hours old, this treatment can be considered. You need an arterial line, and generally this is only done in conjunction with a burn surgeon, but there is a protocol out there and a nursing protocol that goes along with it. So just making sure that you have that on your radar if the rewarming with the water bath is not considered enough or they need further treatment. Something that they have in Europe that actually has decent data is a prostaglandin, iloprost, that showed good effect in limb salvage, basically, in frostbite, but unfortunately it's not available here. But you may see this in the literature, so I just wanted to bring it up as far as treatment. Once you've done your rewarming, you want to keep that extremity warm. So you don't want them to refreeze at any point. Hopefully by the time they're in the hospital, the refreezing will not be an issue. But just something to think about is that they do not want to go through another freeze cycle. So if you're pre-hospital or wilderness, something to think about before you do a full rewarm. Then after they're warm, you're going to wait. And waiting for the start demarcation can take weeks to months. So the reason that you don't just amputate immediately in frostbite is you don't know how much of the tissue is going to be viable. And luckily we have a way to kind of determine how much tissue is going to be viable by getting a nuke med bone scan. So our patients here at the burn center will get, usually within 24 hours, they're not done on the weekends, a bone scan with nuke med to see if any of their extremity is salvageable or if they have no tracer uptake in the bone, it's highly likely that they're going to need an amputation to that point because they have significant amount of tissue damage. In general, for these wounds, you apply iodoform gauze to the dry type gangrene. Most of these dry areas will auto-amputate if left long enough. The risk of having these open injuries or these frostbite type injuries is if it turns into a wet gangrene. And you can see this. Dry gangrene looks like the extremity is black. It doesn't stink. 
it is, again, dry to sight versus wet gangrene that's mushy, it's stinky, and it may have some drainage. That is more of a problem. And amputation needs to be considered earlier as well as antibiotics. I have also had experience where a lot of these wet gangrene people can get systemically bacteremic. So I get tend to get blood cultures on these patients if they're starting to show any signs of getting sick. So any sepsis type criteria, any systemic illness or fevers, I definitely have a very low threshold to get blood cultures because you have a great entry point with wet gangrene. One phone call that you will also sometimes get in critical care, and this is actually extraordinarily common, is for dry gangrene in patients that have been on high-dose vasopressors. So the burn team will get consults from other units for these patients. What happens is these patients are on very high vasopressors. They get peripheral vasoconstriction, and they actually get dry gangrene of their extremities. If you get called for these patients, again, it's the standard, take the pictures, you know, talk with your burn surgeon, but most of these patients go into iodoform gauze and will auto-amputate. I had a patient I took care of in residency who would come to the ER for a variety of things, but she had actually had a history of high-dose vasopressors and I think had one or two fingers left on each hand and no toes. Uh, all of her digits had auto-amputated after being exposed to high-dose pressors. So this is not an uncommon thing to see in the ICU, and you may get called about some of these other ICU patients. So just having a general knowledge, do not try to amputate early unless it's actively infected or a wet gangrene type situation. Last note is on systemic hypothermia. This also falls under burn care, depending on the cause. If it's hypothermia secondary to a medical issue, they're end-stage liver disease, they're septic, those are all medical patients, but if it's from any kind of exposure to the elements, these patients are going to fall under burn care. You want to warm them as soon as possible using blankets, what we call French fry or external warming lights, bear huggers, which is forced air heating. I like to put a temp sensing Foley in a lot of these patients because it gives you a good idea how fast they're warming. You want to make sure to give them warm fluids. And again, in our facility, we have them located in all of our blanket warmers. On the top shelf is the warm fluid area. So you want to make sure your, your patient's fluids are getting warmed. And then if this doesn't work, then you can go to other external, internal warming type techniques, chest tubes with warm saline, bladder irrigation, pulmonary lavage, and then lastly, ECMO, which has been described for patients that are less than 28 degrees, uh, young, healthy patients that have a good chance of recovery, those would be good candidates for potential ECMO and hypothermia. So just to kind of cover what we've talked about here is cold, especially extremity injuries, are something that is fairly common. You want to make sure that they have not undergone multiple freeze thaw cycles. The wound is less than 24 hours old if you're going to do active warm water rewarming. If their injury is older than that, it's gentle, gradual rewarming. Again, making sure that you don't get any refreeze cycles. You want to wait for demarcation. Again, this can take weeks to months. Applying iodoform gauze to the extremity. If there's any kind of infection or any kind of gangrene, wet gangrene type symptoms, you're going to want to talk to your burn surgeons about potential earlier amputation and antibiotics. And again, having a low threshold in these patients to get blood cultures if 
they are showing any type of systemic injury. So that was lecture number nine, Baby It's Cold Outside Hypothermia. Thank you for joining.